0: Uh, hey, let's get a Lord a hand, come on now. Uh, there is a conference called Pro Athletes Outreach I've been going to for 20 some years since I got saved, and there's a football conference, a baseball conference, et cetera. So two years ago, I was speaking at the football conference, and there was a comedian named Michael Jr., and, and I'm always leery about comedians. Uh, being a funny person yourself, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, let see if brother can make me laugh. So I, I chuckled a couple times, I chuckled a couple of times. And after it was over, I went up to him and you know, said, hey man, make me laugh right now. So, uh, <laughs> and he did, he did. And so he's gonna uh, come up and share his gift with us for a few minutes and then we're gonna have a discussion and we'll get into our lesson. So I want you to give a very warm welcome to Michael Jr., the
1: comedian. Awesome, thank you, that was, that was cool. I'm mean, bringing bring up the comedian after he was crying. <laughs> so we're gonna have some fun, my name is Michael Jr., I'm just gonna do some jokes. I know it's Sunday, people are like, how's this gonna work out? Um, that's cool, it'll be, I'm gonna represent, I always do. It's just, I don't start immediately, sometime because I'm still blown away I get to do comedy at churches. Like, I perform on TV, and I perform in Vegas, but when you do comedy at church, for me, when I was a kid, laughing at church was illegal. (laughs) You couldn't laugh at church. I remember laughing one time, right? My grandmother took me to church, and this lady was jumping around, and her wig fell off. (laughs) That stuff was hysterical. I laughed, my grandmother would pinch and twist. I can understand a pinch. You gonna twist? That's the devil. <laughs> the devil made you twist, Grandma. I didn't say that out loud, but that's what I was thinking about. Nobody was teaching at this church. I love what Miles brings. Like, he brings the noise on a regular basis. Like, like I actually watch. Like, the people online, like, that's normally me watching. We can see you, too. Clean up your living room. Anyway. Um, So I watch and I know that he's bringing It's amazing because when I was a kid, it wasn't like that. The dude on stage was not teaching at all. I'm seven years old, there's some dude on stage and he mad at everybody. And I couldn't figure out why he was so mad, then I figured out. He was mad because he had some phlegm caught in his throat. So at the end of every sentence, he tried to get it out. He'd be like, the Lord said, <laughs> Act like you're ha! That's, it. that's That's just screaming and yelling the whole time. And then one time I go to church, nobody was explaining. Nobody was teaching, right? This dude had, he had a Bible. He always had a Bible in his hand. He would play like he was going to throw it at people. And people would get scared too. They'd be like, hey, man, hey, man. I realized now they were saying amen. I didn't know. I was seven. Nobody was teaching. Church lasts six hours. We go in the basement, eat a sandwich, and come back up. I'm like, what was that, halftime or something? This stuff was miserable. One time we go to church, there's a dead body in the front. Nobody explains to a seven-year-old Michael Jr., it's a funeral, it's not church. I'm thinking, yo, that's how they roll. Like every three weeks or so, they bring a dead body in. As an example... I didn't know what was going on. The whole explanation the guy gave, this is the whole explanation he gave. He went to see the king. (laughs) That's all I understood. He went to see the king. (laughs) Then they called a kid's choir to sing. I was in the kid's choir. Not because I could sing. I was in the kid's choir because I was a kid. That's the only requirement. And what song we got to sing? Soon and very soon We are gonna see the king I don't want to see the king. I don't want to see the king. That's what happened to the man in the box. I remember, I remember asking my grandma. I was like, grandma, what happened to the man in the box? Grandma, what happened to the man in the box? Her whole explanation was, he in a better place. I'm like, what kind of box did he live in before? I just really didn't understand a bunch of that stuff, man. It just didn't make sense. Growing up, we were, we were poor. We weren't even poor, we were poor. Like we couldn't afford the other letters, man. We... I was actually being sponsored by a family from Haiti. <laughs> That's a funny joke. No, 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 because Christians don't know what to do with that joke. Some, you can't laugh and shake your head. <laughs> <laughs> always pay attention to people with my comedy. I get to hang out with some cool pastors. Like, Pastor Miles, I got to be real. I don't say it, but the dude, you know, I'm not going to give him too much because he already think he, but I love, you know, he's just, he all right. You know what I'm saying? He okay. I got to have dinner with T.D. Jakes last year, which is, T.D. Jakes is like a powerful dude. Sometimes you'll see somebody on TV and then you meet them in person. You're like, hmm, okay, whatever. But he wasn't like that. Like he was bringing the heat all dinner. He looked at me, and said two things that were so powerful. He said, Michael, one thing you want to do in life is you want to study the art of listening. that is so deep, right? I don't remember what else he said, but that first one was, double was like, whoa. Okay. You know what's really cool about uh, Miles is uh, like I'm glad, like he, you know he's walking in purpose. Like this is what he's supposed to be doing, like for real. Like he, he was a little bit before, like all pastors, if a pastor don't got a background, he probably got a front ground that you don't know about. Uh, <laughs> I just made that up, I just made that up. I gotta write that down. Whenever there's good praise and worship, I get fabulous ideas, like really good ideas. So when the praise and worship, this is a note, this is a side note. If God speaks to you during praise and worship, you need to write that stuff down. Don't be trying to look a holy just because other people, do. write it down and get back to doing what you're doing because you're gonna forget and God just gave you something. This is what's so cool about Miles. Like, I'm glad he's walking in purpose. This is what he's really supposed to be doing because he couldn't, I, don't, I couldn't imagine him doing anything else. Like, like, what if he was like a head drug dealer? Like, he the head of the drug dealers, right? He, the, he in charge, and, but the same traits be showing up. Fellas, come together, fellas, come together. Let me see your baggies. Hold up your baggies. <laughs> Everybody say herb. <laughs> Everybody say. Yo, I'm Michael Jr. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Let me say herb. I guess i
0: Oh boy! Now you know what I've been dealing with for all this. That was pretty good. He was—he told me he had some joke about me. I said, "So what is it?" He said, "I'm gonna—I can't tell you." I said, "Are you—are you, are you gonna—that's how you're gonna end?" He says, "Well, if—if if the crowd, I'm gonna tell from the crowd if I should say it."
1: Right. Well, see, the thing is, is I was gonna do—I was gonna do herb, and then you do the other thing with the pins and the lesson plan, and I was trying to tweak that to see. I was gonna say, um, "Let me see your guns." Um. Watch the man, watch the man, which is what drug dealers have to do, but I didn't think it could follow the herb joke, so I just left it at herb and so got ne- out with 30 n- seconds left. Next service you will, because you saw how- to A mic, yeah, I was just testing it out right now, because that's what you do at the eight why o'clock you, why service. Why you wanna play my people like that? Oh, you do it every week, what are you talking about? You be testing stuff out. These are my people. Okay, well. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I thought you said you were gonna change. I thought change. this was the Lord's church. I don't know for <laughs> sure if this was the Lord's church, man. <laughs>
0: uh, my father's dying of cancer. Why you want to mess with me like that, man? Oh,
1: you gonna pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome.
0: That is awesome. That's Say good. hi to my dad, by the way. Tell him.
1: Yo, how, man, I know, I know you're doing some Mr. amazing McPherson. stuff. Mr. McPherson. Mr. McPherson. That's you what right. you call him? And wow. You're kind of strict. Mr. McPherson, get it done. You are doing some amazing stuff. And then look what you made and stuff. That was awesome, wait, wait, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And Mrs. McPherson. Dude, I was gonna get her. Would you calm okay, down? but they're clapping. Are we a ventriloquist act up in here or something? I'm about to say this stuff. <laughs> and Mrs. McPherson, you look amazing. I'm sure you do, because, well, I'm not gonna say you look, but Margaret looks amazing, and she like 50-something. Not you, though, you look, you like, you're 73 years old. <laughs> It's your honor. It's, it's your honor. That's what you want yeah, to call you? you judge,
0: you the honor. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna do the jokes, Miles, all right? No, go, go ahead, the do the word thing. Do the word? Word. Oh, oh, I gotta do it, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. Um, let me see your Bibles. Say... Yeah, I love the word. You like Dude, that? I didn't even bring a Bible, that's weird. <laughs> we're hoping you get saved just today. No, nah, not yet. I still got to do this thing at this mosque. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. That was comedy. I just made that up. I just made that up. Let's turn to
0: first Corinthians chapter 12 for reals. First Corinthians chapter 12.
1: I oh, know I got the um, I got the handheld. I went with handheld cuz stand up is handheld. Now I gotta hold this, but it's cool.
0: You didn't bring a Bible today?
1: Yeah, I brought one, it's on the screen. We don't have Bibles on the screens. You don't? Yeah, I, I agree, you shouldn't. Shoot. I'm gonna share with my neighbor. I got it on my phone, but then, I, you know, you share I read with me? the notes. You wanna share with me? Yeah, you're supposed to share it, man. Man. Go ahead, what you got? <laughs> there ain't even no words in this Bible. <laughs> No words. It's called
0: glasses, brother. Glasses. Um, Everybody, every single one of you is a very integral part of the body of Christ. The church is a body. Everyone say body. And every single one of you has a very specific role in the body. And with the role that God has given you, He's given you an ability, a talent. And we're going to distinguish between a, a, a natural talent that anybody can have and a spiritual gift that only someone who has the Spirit has. And God will, the Spirit will work through your talent. And so, for me, like, I can tell stories. But I can tell stories whether I was saved or not. But then the evangelism will come through the stories to get people saved. Okay, so Michael has a gift of comedy, and I always, you know, we always do joke about who's funnier all the time, and and, and we laugh about it,
1: and we just have fun talking about who's funnier. Oh no, no, the joke is, are you funny at all? That's the joke, <laughs> right? It's not who's the funniest. Is yo, you're not funny, and then you say, yo, I am, because you think my kids think you are, but my kids won't admit that you're funny because they're well trained. Okay, so keep, keep going.
0: We'll we'll go on a little tangent here for a minute. We were at dinner last night. The first time I met his kids, his kids. His kids think I'm funnier than him, but he uh, told them when they came to dinner last not, it's night, it's not, do not tell me
1: that. Dude, really? You think they I took were, time they, out they, and told my kids? They were scared to, to you tell you me. You I prepared my kids to lie? I want you to lie to the pastor. You think I did that? No, that stuff is all truth. Then my kids walked in, you were like, am I funny? They was like, what's your name? They not know you. They didn't know. I didn't no, even say that true. to that's them. That's all that's I did was look
0: at them and they started laughing. Exactly. They were guilty cuz exactly. they knew you would do it. That happens
1: a lot, doesn't it? That happens yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Come on, man. I, I'm trying. Lesson plan. Lesson, lesson plan. Yeah, Come man. on, I'm man.
0: Lesson, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 14. It says, oh, yeah, we got to we got to uh, share. I'm gonna
1: break on that. I got
0: it. Right. Oh, you got a Bible. Yeah, I got it. Look at that. See? You got that in the hotel last night. <laughs> Chapter 12, verse 14 it says, For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, am I not part of the body? Is it therefore not part of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, is it therefore not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God has set each, the members, each one of them in the body as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body." Uh, every single one of you are part of the body, and what's, what's ironic is that the devil will get you looking at another part of the body saying, I want to be that part. That's called jealousy. In other words, you're an eye, you want to be a mouth, because you think mouths have more fun than eyes. Or you're a mouth and you want to be an ear because you think ears have more fun, or whatever it is, and, and the devil's going to get you distracted from what you already are. And so, Michael has a gift of comedy. Now, he can be funny whether he's saved or not, but because he's saved, he's going to use that comedy to introduce people to Christ. And so, our encouragement to you today is to, is to start thinking about what your gift is. Now, you can go to our website and take a spiritual gift test and find out what your spiritual gift is, and then you start using it. right on our website, the rock, it's sdrock.com, and, take, and search, right, spiritual gift. And you'll go right to the test. You can take a test. And find out what your gift is. So we just have a few questions for Mike.
1: Um, matter of fact, turn to Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Hey, you know, what, I actually wrote a children's book about gifts, and I didn't even know it was about gifts and talents until after the book was done. It's really when you said that it just it reiterated the whole thing. That's so right. Powerful. And you
0: have your tapes and stuff in the in the library. Yeah, yeah, I, I got forgot stuff. about that. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay.
1: it's a bunch of stuff out there if you want to buy it. But a bunch okay. of stuff that good. <laughs> you'll see you haven't read the book yet it's 26 pages you don't even read it whatever it's a children's book it's a children's book okay why you say it like yo you didn't write a, a real book that's how you said it just now that is that's how you said it but jesus emphasize... loved the kids so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us
0: about tell us about how you create your funny as you call it
1: yeah the question's better if you would just say it, how you create your funny. But if you say, as you caught it, it's like, it's my funny. Like, it's a little more arrogant that way. I'm just saying. Um, all right, so this is what happens. Like, I've always been funny. <laughs> well, I've always been funny. I've always had this skill. Like, I look at things and I can see, um, I can see things really, really fast. Just saw a woman, all really pretty. She's got dimples. I love dimples on women. It's just happening right now. Um, only in the front. Let me say that. <laughs> um, so, so that's an example. See, like I saw just now somebody, so what happens? <laughs> You're looking at the women now. Dude, I'm explaining to you how I think. Oh, you gotta track okay, with me, I you gotta got track you, with me. Okay, I'm tracking. So listen, I, I, even in school, in grade school, I was really fast and really quick, so if someone would say something, I was really, really fast, and I didn't understand why I was fast, but where it really came from was my, I, in school, I couldn't read. Like when I was in, in grade school, I could, I just couldn't read, like for real. So what I would do, I could barely, barely read. And what I would do is I would see a word and I would, uh, I would look at the word seven different ways to determine what exactly the word was. So if I saw the word like responsibility, I'd look at the font size, the color, how people responded to it, the position of the word. I came up with seven different ways to look at one word to determine what it was. And then that would help me figure out what the word. So it would seem as if I was reading, but I wasn't. I was doing this ma- crazy math really, really, really fast. Right, And then in high school, my reading was a little better, but I was still, using, I was still strengthening this muscle. Then, then in, in a, probably the 12th grade, I started to adapt that same ability to situations. So you'd see a situation one way, and I look at the situation seven different ways, almost immediately. So now as an adult, as somebody who just loves God, I can look at it in a retrospect and clearly see that what the devil meant for bad in the form of low self-esteem as a child. God has flipped into good because that's exact. That's the primary place where I pull my comedy from. So it's really pretty cool. So I want you to I want you to look at I want you
0: to look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12. This is right after Paul gets a vision of heaven, and he sees things he's never seen and no one's ever seen, and he talks about how God allowed him to be humbled so he wouldn't get prideful because of what he saw. And he has pain in his life, and it says in verse 7, lest I be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, and lest I get prideful because of what I just saw, a thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord, concerning his pain, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and here's what God said. Now, let me back up. He saw something, he's like, man, look, look what I saw, and God said, I don't want you to get prideful, and he punished, not punished him, he humbled him. He sent him this thorn in the flesh. Now if you're thinking, well, why would God hurt somebody, but God has ways above our ways. He has thoughts above our thoughts, and he's never wrong. How many of you know in your life that, that some of the pain in your life was the best thing ever happened to you? Mm. You know it. So when, when it happens, don't try to figure out who's right, where to come from, God, me. Just let it happen and let God do what He's going to do. Okay? Because there's some questions we have of God that's way above our understanding, ability to understand. We just got to trust Him. Then it says in verse 8. Concerning this thing, I plead with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and He said, my grace, my undeserved love is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities or my pain, that the power of God may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in the infirmities or the pain of my life. In reproaches, in my needs, I take pleasure in my needs. In my persecution, in my distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong." Now why am I telling you this? Because some of the weaknesses you have is God's way of showing you what you're supposed to be strong at. You're you're trying to fight and get over a weakness, and God says, I'm trying to use that weakness to get you to go in a different direction.
1: Hey, you know what's a great example of that? Like blind people smell real good. Well. I don't know, you shouldn't be sniffing on blind people, but I mean is because they can't see, I mean, because their, their, their sense of smell gets stronger and it actually strengthens your gifts. Like you just, you just bring in the, the noise. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number one in your notes, check it out.
1: <laughs> it says,
0: God uses our weaknesses to redirect us towards our strengths. Mm. And so here's what I would like you to do. I want—and you don't have to do this right now, but I want you to write down at some point what are your weaknesses. How many of you are weak at math? Okay, don't get a job that has to do with numbers. (laughs) How many of you do not like to talk in public? Don't apply for a job where you got to talk in public. Now these are kind of obvious, but I'll bet you some of y'all are doing stuff that you're not good at, and you fake it every day at work. Can I get amen? and your boss is frustrated, you become a master at camouflage, you become a master at faking it, you become a master at blaming other people, and you're miserable. Miserable. Get out! Trust God, he's got something better for you. He's got something better for you, amen? amen. So here's a brother who couldn't read. How's your reading now, by the way? I read great. That's, that's why you don't have the Bible. Is that why you, you, you got to do it. Actually, I, I know it by heart. What's going on with you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rah, you're lying in church on Sunday now. <laughs> I did read, you know, actually my first book ever, ever reading was the Bible. I was 27 years old. I read it from cover to cover. I was like, I got to do it. I did it in two months. I was just digging in because I wanted it. I told myself before I get saved, I would need to know, make, make sure there ain't no catches, no, I got to read the pamphlet first, right? So, <laughs> So I read the whole thing, and then I went and got saved right after that. And I wanted to get saved while I was reading, but I was like, I told myself I was gonna finish it first, so I read the, I didn't understand 90% of it, but <laughs> I read the whole thing, though, no, so. Number two, go ahead. Good okay, so,
0: so, so when, I, when, I, when I saw you when I was, uh, at the first time we met, because mm-hmm. you have a real dry humor, like, okay. you're kind of just kind of laid. Okay. Well, it's, no, it's a no it is,
1: okay, that's fine. It's not it's wet, humor. it's
0: right. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, um, you're laid back, you kind of go, that's <coughs> your lower. I don't know laugh.
1: what wet humor looks like, by the way. I don't know exactly what. Okay, yeah, it is, it's laid back, there's no. It's laid back. Right. And it was kind of different. Because, mm-hmm. you know, humor is, well. Normally in your face, and
0: loud, and people giving yeah. their opinion. Yeah, and it was a hard crowd. It was a lot of NFL players, and that conference is hard. Yeah. Because brothers be like, go ahead. Yeah, brothers, I learned, I've seen it all. I got, you know, yeah, right. So tell, tell, tell us about how you, you had a perspective of humor where you were going to make people laugh and then it mm-hmm. switched. Tell us about how you switched your perspective on how to use your gift. And by the way, before you get into that, what he's going to explain is I, his perspective on how to use humor, realizing.
1: I thought I was going to explain it, but you go ahead. You explain <laughs> what I'm going to explain. <laughs>
0: I'm not no, no sure I get it, because it's no, the first you're gonna say You want to make different.
1: sure they get it. I get it. You're you looking out for your people. I'm trying to. I get it, no, I get it, I get it. But maybe if I don't do it right, then fix it. But you're going to try to fix it first? I mean, just, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean, just, let me do it. Then if I get it, you can just nail it then. But if not, you'd be like, yo, what he was saying was, you know what I mean? Because you know your people way better than I do. I'm, that's why I'm trying to do the right thing. All right, set them that's up, set them saying. up. And if, it, if it's too much setup, the next service will be like, you don't got to do it, I got it. I, and, and I'll figure that out. All right, go, go. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I got to try to remember what you just took out of my head. What I'm going to explain <laughs> to them is... Yes, what are you going to explain? What he's going to explain It is this. God gave you a gift. See, nice. yeah, I forgot.
1: <laughs> but that is Go ahead, true, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, right, so you okay. accomplish your goal. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I had this revelation. I was at a club in Los Angeles. I'm doing this show. And right before I got on the stage, I did a prayer. And in an instant, God changed my mindset about comedy. When a comedian gets on stage, he wants to normally, and I was fully about this, I wanted to get laughs from people. That's what I was about, getting laughs from people. God changed my mindset, Romans 12.2 be not conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So my mind was transformed from getting laughs from people to giving them an opportunity to laugh. So it changed everything. Because now I'm not looking to take, I'm looking for an opportunity to give. And when you have a gift to give someone, you don't knock on their door and as soon as they open the door you smash it in their face. No, you wait. You wait till you're invited in, you assess the situation, you make sure they're in a good place to receive the gift. So that added to my style of sitting back and being okay because I know the guy gave me this talent to be funny. So what's, what's the rush? Why am I gonna rush? So now, mm. when I get on. <clears throat> <Hell>. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's like no rush, so now I could just sit back. So that same night while I'm at the club, I leave the club that night and I walk outside and I'm talking to people, they want autographs. It's the same thing every time I leave this club, they're great people. But this time while I'm talking to the people, I look across the street and I saw a homeless guy. I had never seen a homeless guy outside this club before ever. But that doesn't mean he wasn't there before. That just means before my mindset was to get laughs from people, so why would I even notice a homeless guy? When I saw him, I was like, what about him? How could I give him an opportunity to laugh? And then God was like, you really want to know? And I was like, nope. <laughs> did you know it's going to be an assignment or something, right? And I said, yes. We went and did this comedy tour that was pretty phenomenal, and we'll, we'll talk about that, I think, in a couple questions.
0: Number two in your notes. You need to get God's perspective Mm. on how to use the gift He has given you. It's not your gift. A lot of times you think, well, I'm a teacher, I'm an evangelist, I'm an administrator, and you want to force using your gift or your talent, you want to make sure everybody knows you have it, and you want to do it your way, and God says, it's not yours. In Acts 1:8, God says that he has given us power, we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us, that we may be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, basically everywhere. It's not your gift. I'm not giving you, the Holy Spirit, power for you. It's not to glorify you, it's not to honor you, it's not to make you look good. This is Jesus talking, it's all about me. And so, you need to pray, Lord, okay, what gift do I have? Now, how do you want me to use it? Okay, so instead of saying, I'm going to go up here, or Michael's saying, I'm funny, everyone laughs, he's going to say, who, who, how can I give people an
1: opportunity to laugh so they can be blessed, not so I can be blessed? And then it started lining up with scripture like it didn't make any sense. Listen, I make people laugh for a living, and then suddenly I see a homeless person and my, my, my mindset has changed, but then I read the same verse that all comedians who happen to know Jesus read, which says, laughter is good like a medicine. Well, if it's medicine, who needs medicine? The sick. Why wouldn't I take this medicine to those people who really need it? The, it was just confirmed in his word after I got the revelation. So, uh, And a gift, this is what God gave me too. A gift isn't a gift until you give it away. And it's not measured by how much somebody likes it. It's measured by how much someone else needs it. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so you've been on... A lot of the late night,
0: Jay Leno, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. Comedy Central, yep. okay, all these uh, uh, big churches, et cetera. What was your most, the most difficult, because comedy is tough, can't
1: especially be if tough. you ain't funny. Yeah. Not that you're not funny, but just yeah. it's tough. Yeah. yeah, you know it's tough, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to stop mocking my laugh. That's what you're going to have to say. Okay, um... So it was two things, Uh, I was at, I did this event. So after I left the club that night, we went and did a comedy tour called Comedy, The Road, Less Travel. We made a movie of it. Um, And I go to one, we go to a bunch of locations. We go to, we go to Fort Worth, Texas, a place called the Samaritan House where everyone is homeless and they have HIV. Then we go to a, we go to a youth prison. Youth prison was a little hard. They want you to banter with them a little bit, right? It's like, and I just, you know what go good with that muscle shirt, some muscles, right? what is that, a wife threatener? That's what we just kind of went back and forth, right? But when I went to, the, uh, when I went to the, an abused children's facility, I had to sit down and hear these kids' stories because I directed the film as well. I had to hear their stories, and then I had to do comedy for them when they came in all together with their caregivers. And this grandmother tells me the story of her grandson who's being abused by his mom. And one of the things, because she's on drugs, and one of the things she's doing is she's pulling out his toenails. And this little boy is so afraid of his mom, everywhere he goes he wears a Spider-Man costume. Everywhere he goes. So now I gotta do sh- comedy for him and all these other kids and he's sitting right up front, full costume, clenching his grandmother. Now I gotta do jokes. Now listen, if my mindset was to get laughs from people, I wouldn't have did the show. I couldn't have did the show, but my mindset was changed to giving them an opportunity to laugh, so I had to do the show. So I go up on stage and it was hard at first and then people started laughing slowly but surely. 30 minutes into my set, I hear a voice come from right here, and the voice says, my name is Ronan. This little boy pulls off his mask and introduces himself to me. And he starts talking to me for like nine minutes, like I'm not doing a comedy show. (laughs) He talked about Spider-Man, talked about Batman. He said, Batman has a belt. And I was like, well, I got a belt too if you don't sit down somewhere, right? Check it, that's exactly what happened. The whole room laughed. It was like the biggest laugh of the night. Now I can guarantee you it wasn't in my notes to do a joke about whooping kids. <laughs> <laughs> in a room full of abused kids. <laughs> but God knew what comedy needed to be done. a gorilla had to leave the room. We had a great time, but the toughest show, probably the toughest, that was hard, but we, we, the toughest was I had to do an adult prison. And I'm scared for real. Like I walk in there, the warden takes my belt from me, says, you can't have a belt, somebody might try to hang you. I'm like, can't they just boo me or something? Why they gotta hang me? I got seven different ways to look at this. I'm in prison, my pants loose. This is a bad idea, yo. I'm just telling you, this what's going through my head. This is all this stuff is going through my head. So I'm scared for real. I'm walking in, I'm walking in there and the bars are open in front of me or closing behind me. I need a joke immediately. I'm getting nothing. I'm getting seven different ways to nothing. And I need to be funny. Like they need to like me immediately, but not too much, (laughs) right? So I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm walking in there. I'm scared. I need a joke. I had a joke pop in my mind, but I was scared to say it at first. I wasn't going to start with it. I was going to be like, you know, you guys are a captive audience. I just want to point that out. Um... (laughs) But it's tough, But I didn't start with that, so I was scared. I'm praying the whole way through. Bars open, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, you gotta give me something immediately. I walk in, all of the prisoners, like they right there, there's no stage. They just, there's no glass. We're not doing comedy on the phone. <laughs> they all got on pink jumpsuits. So what? I ain't saying nothing about them jumpsuits. <laughs> so I'm scared and I remember walking in and I got nothing. I remember putting my left foot down, I had nothing. I put my right foot down, and I look, and sitting right up front is a white dude with a white beard named Moses. I was like, thanks, Lord. So I looked at Moses, when I said these words, the place exploded in laughter. We had an amazing time. I said, Moses, this is what I want you to do. When you see the prison warden, I want you to look him in his eye. Look him right in the eye, and I want you to say, let my people go. (laughs) For real. Like, for real. But listen, this is what, this is what you got to catch, though. Like, that's exactly what happened. This is what you got to catch. I didn't know. I was scared the whole time. I didn't know what I was going to say or what I was... I had no idea what I would say until I got my feet where they needed to be. Like, I didn't know. I was scared the whole way. But once I got there, the reward was, was ridiculous. When the Jews were leaving the Promised Land,
0: uh, God told Joshua... I'm not going to part the sea like when Moses lifted up the staff. You're going to have to put your feet in the water first. And God is going to show you how he wants you to minister to people. And you're going to want it all laid out real simple and easy. And God says, I don't do that. You're going to have to put your feet first. And I've been in those situations where you go someplace and you're not sure what you're going to say, even though, I mean, I have a sermon, and God's like, nope, not that. And like, right before, I'm right, what, what, what? He says, I'll tell you when you get up there. I'm like, God, I don't want to do it that way. He says, no, then you're going to do it that way. And it's when you get up there, and, and literally, I've been in a place where I open my mouth not knowing what's going to come out, and it comes out. And so, my challenge, look at number three in your notes, and we're going to end with this one right here. It says, walking by faith sometimes means acting before knowing. And what that means is that you have to trust God to use you the way He created you to use you. Now, if you're not living in your gift, you're on your own. You're wasting your time. But you have to know what part of the body you are, what gift you have, where God is going to be strong in your life, because there are going to be places in your life where He will be weak. In other words, He just won't strengthen you. He won't bless it, and you will fail. And people think, well, I'm a Christian, I'm going to pray, it's going to go good. No, it ain't. If you're a Christian, you pray to go what like God wants it to, and sometimes it'll fail because that's not what he wants you to do. So you have to by faith say, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to go do it. And there's people in your life, and I end with this, there's people in your life who God wants you to minister to, and some of y'all here, you have a gift, I want to challenge you by faith, go start using it. And then there's some of you who you need just Christ in your life. That's your first step of faith. I need to give my life to Jesus. And you're scared, well, if I give my life to Jesus, he's going to do this, and this is going to happen. You just got to trust him. You gotta trust them. We got a, a quick video of the show. You do. I, I, I want you all to see this video real quick and then yeah, we'll check it.
1: You've seen him on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, a talented young comedian. Very funny man. Michael Jr. So much going on, people still need to laugh. It's just important that it's funny, first and foremost, regardless of whatever else happens. They look real hard. I mean, like, they've really been through some stuff. Some of these kids are away from their families. They haven't seen them. Their families don't want to have anything to do with them. I mean, it's probably been a long time since they've really been able to laugh. I have to bring the same show that I would bring if I'm playing a theater. I was 13 when I did it. This is the lowest point in my life.
0: Like, to me, I'm ready to move up, right? I'm tired of it, right? And i only been in jail for two years.
1: If I could see- It is good to hear you guys all laugh together as opposed to laughing at each other. 29, I'm homeless, I'm an addict, and I need to laugh. My dad bought a house, and he put all five of us in it, and he never was home. So, you know what I mean? want to do a comedy show for drug-endangered children hey, so The Montrose. That's not two. funny. Oh, huh? I was at the drug-endangered children's meeting at the Dalton House. I didn't see too much fun in drug-endangered children, but uh, I changed my mind. I came to Samaritan House in 06. They gave me no chance. My
0: life
1: over again. I just said, you know what, let's take comedy on the road, let's travel, let's see what the people's reaction will be. For him to come in and make us laugh like how he did, and to come talk to us, you know, that, that make us feel like more human. He laughed so hard, the building was leaning. <laughs> it was just to laugh. Reaching a lot of guys, Taylor reached me. Actually, showed me that I, I can be sober and have fun. Uh,
0: there are a lot of people who live with a mask on. They're not the person that God created them to be. They're the person that someone else or something else convinced them to try to be. And so God wants to, you to take your mask off. You know, you, whether you're saved or not saved, you save people with a mask on. Okay, when you get comfortable in who God created you to be, then you can be who God created you to be. And so uh, before we end, we want to give you an opportunity to just surrender to Jesus, whether you're saved or not
1: saved. Well, he's going to tell you a quick story, and then we're going to close it out. All right, so this is how I look at being, because you know I look at things seven different ways, and I've been to a lot of churches, and I, under, and I read the Bible, and I really So I kind of look at it like this. The relationship with God is like this. It's like everyone in this room is a house. If you could just humor me, because I humored you. Um, everyone in this room is like a house. And Jesus is outside the house. And he wants to come in, but he'll never force his way inside. And some of us are okay just having Jesus outside the house because then we can open the door and talk to him when we need to and then close the door and then go about our business. But he really wants to come in. And the reason some of us don't invite him in is because our house is a mess. and You want to clean it up first, but you can't clean it up. And he knew it was going to be a mess before you messed it up. And he's standing outside wearing an apron with a bucket in his hand because he's the only one that can clean it up. And, and then there's people. And then there's people who used to have Jesus in the entire house, but you've moved them. You've either evicted them completely, or you moved them to one room. A lot of times it's like the good room. You ever been in somebody's house? They got the good room. You can't, you can't go in there. You can't touch nothing. And a lot of times that room is the one right up front, with the biggest window. So when people walk by, it looks like it's cleaned up. It looks like Jesus is there, but he doesn't have access to the whole house, and He really wants full access. Amen. I'm going to
0: ask all of y'all here watching online, North County, uh, wherever you are, just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to listen very carefully. Jesus wants to come in your house. It's very simple, very Very simple. It is not your responsibility, it is not His expectation on you, it is not realistic or possible for you to clean your house. That's not your job, that's His job. It's not your job to prepare the house, your job is to open the door. And the quicker you open the door, the quicker He can get to working on you and your house. And know that he is so excited to come visit you and live with you. He's not mad at you. He's not frustrated with you. His heart is broken because he wants to love you. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you realize your house is a mess, the Bible calls it sin. It's sin that we all have. If you realize that your house is a mess and you realize that Jesus is outside and wants to come in, or he's in a room and he wants to have reign of the whole house, or even if he's walking around the house, but you won't let him sit down. You won't let him cook. You won't let him watch TV. He's just walking around. You have him chained up. And you want Christ to have reign, full control of your whole house. Whatever that means, to whatever degree you need to surrender. If that's you, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of confession. It's an invitation prayer of asking Jesus Christ to have total control of your life. In the privacy of your heart, if you would like that, pray this prayer, not out loud, in the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I surrender my house to you. I surrender my mess to you. I surrender my sin to you. I'm opening up the door of my heart. Jesus, please come in. Please take over my life. I'm sorry for waiting so long. Take over my entire life. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up if you prayed that prayer. If you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you're at no matter where you are around the world. If you're in North County, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up as well. But if you prayed that prayer and Christ is in your house, in your heart, and you seriously opened the door and gave Him full reign, when I ask you to stand, this is only between you and Him. You shouldn't worry about what anybody thinks no matter where you are. Matter of fact, evidence that he's in your life is that you are confessing him in public. Jesus said, If you confess me before man, I will confess you before man. If you deny me, I will deny you before my Father. So, right now, wherever you are, if you just invited Christ into your house or gave him full reign in your house, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and acknowledge that right now, wherever you are. Stand to your feet. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. We see you all over the room. We see you in the balcony. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. If you're watching online, stand up right where you are in your bedroom, living room. If you're sitting in your car, watching on your phone, wherever you are, get out and stand up. Now in a minute, I'm going to ask all y'all who are standing. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you're watching online, check the box right there on your screen. We want to follow up with you. So right now, if you're standing up, if you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you down. So right now, if you're standing up, come up out of your seat, come on down to the altar and let's give them a hand.